This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk about what NetApp is doing at VMworld 2017, as well as the newest release of the virtual storage console. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. In the studio, we have a full house. A lot of virtualization guys here because coming up soon, VMworld, right? Am I, or am I like way too early for this? Week and a half. Week and a half. That is uh, like a, not a very long time in, in tech years. Or a lot of seconds. Or seconds or something. I don't know. So VMworld, what's going on? What, what are we doing there, Andrew? What are you doing there? Containers? Um... Well, yes, I will be talking about container solutions and stuff like that. So I will actually be in the booth. Um, I will. I am am what we term a floater, I suppose. A booth babe. Um, let's be honest. I've called you worse things than a floater. So <laughs> let's be honest. I got a face made for radio, and there's a reason I do a podcast. But uh, definitely looks like a floater. To no, me. Uh, uh, one of our guests today, sitting directly across from me, Mr. Chris Gebhardt. He is the uh, the tech lead for the booth, and he has asked me to kind of help out anywhere and everywhere that uh, that he needs me to. So I am uh, I, I won't use the the uh, colorful language to describe my position inside of the booth, but you know I'm. So I'm, you're so you're Gebhardt's floater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yes, I am five years old. That seems yeah. All right. Uh, so, hey, it's Chris Gebhardt. I didn't see you sitting there on my <laughs> right. Going, guys? Hi. <laughs> so, Chris, if you could uh, tell everybody what you do here at NetApp. Sure. So, I'm a principal technical marketing engineer uh, focused on virtualization, end user computing, um, and basically anything that I'm asked to do. So, I do I, I do quite a few different wear quite a few different hats. Um, really, just focused around the VMware space and virtualization in general. Also in the studio today, uh, no stranger to the podcast, Mr. Stephen Cortez. Hi, Stephen. Could you tell everybody what you do here at NetApp? Um, I am a uh, virtualization technical marketing engineer. Short and sweet. I like it. Yep. So if we want to reach either of you on social media, how will we do that? Starting with Mr. Gebhardt. I'm at Chris Geb. And Stephen Cortez. MSC Productions. All right. Got that out of the way. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, I, hey. I want to step back a moment here because I think that uh, Mr. Cortez is doing himself an injustice here. He's not just a TME. He does a, a lot of other stuff in the VMware community. And Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Let's, he, let's back up. So um, we, we run the bus over Cortez. Let's back up the bus over Cortez a few times. Okay, Cortez, um, tell us a little more about what you do in the community. Since this is a virtualization-themed podcast. I'm the local VMUG leader here in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. I've been doing that for the past two years now, and um, yeah, is that it? Member, a team yeah. member, yes. Oh, I forgot about the a team member. Well, oh, Sam Moulton's gonna Sam's have gonna your head. We, we won't tell Sam. Don't tell Sam. Oh no, Don't I'm telling Sam. Sam. I'm sorry, that's Sam. Staying in. That's staying in. <laughs> so that, that's all. Just VMUG and TME and a team member. Yeah. No, no, no hot DJ gigs. No, not anymore. All right. So, Mr. Cortez is a virtualization celebrity in the local town of Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, so, hi. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> I'll get your autograph later. Sure. 
Anyway, all right, so VMworld's coming up, uh, and I am sure that we have tons to talk about. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the new release of the Virtual Storage Console 7.0. But let's touch on VMworld first, because that is what is coming up in the near future. Uh, So what are we doing there, Chris? Oh, we have hours and hours of content to talk about here uh, as to what we're doing, but I think we probably should just talk about the highlights and kind of the the timeline of things that are happening. uh, first, I think we first start with Vodgeball. We have a, a participating in the Vodgeball, uh, and I believe it's to support the Wounded Warrior Foundation. Um, and so we have a, a team of 10 of our premier athletes uh, here at NetApp uh, that are going to be participating in um, in the Vodgeball tournament. I am not one of those pr- uh, premier athletes. I am uh, actually going to be setting up the booth and, and making sure things are right for when the show floor opens. Um, we also are going to be participating in the VM Underground uh, party uh, prior to the event uh, on, I believe, that's uh, is that Saturday night? Or is that that was Sunday. Sunday. It could be Sunday night, yeah. Uh, participating in that. Um, we have a couple of the uh, uh, gentlemen from NetApp, uh, Jeremiah Dooley and Gabe Chapman, are going to be uh, our, our sponsors for that event. And I think we'll be doing a, uh, some meet and greet and hang, hanging out in the... VM Underground Party. HCI Party. Um, no, it's no? not that. No, it's not, not? No, that's maybe on Monday. Oh. We'll see, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we've got a couple of, uh, you know, we've got a booth at the, in the in the, event, in the uh, Solutions Exchange, uh, if that's what they're calling it this year. Um, we've got different events planned for each day. We're not going to let you know what they are yet, but uh, you'll have to stop by. Um We've got uh, mini theater sessions in the booth. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, this year um, technical talks and uh, just some standard corporate stuff. So um, we're going to be changing it up. We've got five or six different sessions that uh, are going to be happening uh, throughout the week. Um, and so it's it's something that we're, we're going back to again uh, versus just the, the standard corporate uh, messaging, which is uh, good. But this will give you some real deep technical de- uh, deep dives um, our VIP program we've got uh, uh, executives and technical experts that are uh, available for meetings uh, to go into you know some challenges that you you know as a customer may be having things you may want to explore meet with you know technical experts um, the, and some of our executives uh, we're gonna we'll provide some uh, links in the show notes and the blog to uh, uh, where people can go sign up if you're internal or you're uh, an external customer. Um, so those are uh, those are are, are good um, people that go to those um, can also be uh, will be invited to the VM uh, to our party. Uh, we have a, a VIP reception, so um, that's something that uh, is always a, a good time. You can meet and greet and chat with the experts and the executives from NetApp. So. Um, so I, th- I think I told you, Chris, that at one point the most popular search term on NetApp.io was NetApp VMworld Party. Party yeah, and, and it usually is. You know, people so, want to know where, where to go, what to do. Yeah, so in that line, right, um, the only NetApp-specific after-hours after event is going to be the VIP party. So for uh, any customers, partners, account teams, et cetera, that are listening if you want to be invited, you have to attend a VIP meeting. Yeah, um, and so, bring your toughest questions too. Yes, please. Right, we want to make sure that uh, we answer those. 
Uh, we do have another opportunity to talk about um, deep technical things, and of course that's in the booth, where we'll have our technical marketing and our, our highest level uh, solution architects in the booth to be able to you know, do some whiteboarding, sh- see some demos. I, I hear there's a new booth design this year. There's a brand new booth design, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was actually, this is our second time using it, so it's still fairly new. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting. We're, we'll see how it works out. We've done over the years. We've had multiple different designs, and this one I think maybe, even though we have a couple features of the booth that are, um, let's say, in closing, um, this one may give us uh, quite a bit of room for the uh, um, space that we have on the floor. So. Yeah, and the first time we used it was Cisco Live. Cisco Live, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they worked out all the bugs for us, made sure anything that was going to break would exactly. broken there, and yeah. And then we tore down some walls. Uh, we're going to have a, a hardware pavilion, literal or metaphorical. Literally, we tore down walls. Um, we wanted to open it up because we've got some some new and exciting things that we're going to be bringing into the booth. Uh, we've got our, our solid fire, our FlexPod solid fire, uh, FlexPod SF. Uh, we'll have that in the booth as well as the FlexPod data center with the uh, all flash FAS. And then we're going to have a preview of the HCI solution that we have coming out in October. So it will be. So what does what does preview mean? Well, we're not go- we're not going to have hardware in the booth, but what we will have is a virtual uh, virtual uh, HCI system uh, using uh, technology from Kon uh, that will allow you to be able to explore the hardware, uh, you know, kind of see what it does, um, you know, in a virtual instance versus a physical box. Very cool. So yeah. The next best thing to, you know, poking fingers into, you know, Ethernet ports and exactly, exactly, yeah. So, um, it will hopefully give. Uh, and the idea is, is yeah, it's great. You could see, you know, an HCI system, uh, but when you can explore it in more depth, um, and we'll have experts there as well. But you can actually get into the hardware and un, you know, look at a, the the system uh, more uh, in in more depth than you could with a physical piece of hardware. So. It'll actually, it should be an, a good experience. So, Doctor Desktop, do you uh, yeah. do you happen to have a list of sessions that we'll be presenting at VMworld? At first, I'm not a doctor, but let's clear that up. Do you I, play I will, one on TV? But I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I will maintain that as long. I, I as may I play it in a can. podcast here and there. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got uh, we've got some sessions. We've got uh, two sponsored sessions that uh, NetApp is putting on. Um, we are. Currently, we don't know what the rooms are that should be decided tomorrow, I believe. Um, but what uh, we do have is we have uh, two sessions, one on end-user computing uh, with the NetApp portfolio with a big focus on HCI. So uh, myself and, and some of the team here at NetApp are working on uh, reference architectures uh uh, and and designs for uh, our HCI system for end user computing, and uh, that session will be uh, it's ADV thirty three ten BUS, and that's Monday uh, the twenty eighth from five to six p.m. And myself and and one of our solution architects for HCI HCI Jeremy Hall will be presenting that session. And then we have another one that is uh, more of a general HCI session, which really focuses on um, the simplicity and, and enterprise scale of our HCI solution. And that's STO 3308BUS. 
and uh, Gabe Chapman, uh, who's the senior manager for the HCI uh, Solution Architect team, and Cindy Goodall from our product management team, or excuse me, uh, she's one of the uh, uh, product marketing managers for HCI uh, is going to be presenting that on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday m- uh, late morning, actually, 1130 uh, to 1230. So, yeah, we've got those two. Um, tenants is uh, looking really good right now. So make sure you if you have interest, please sign up soon. Otherwise, uh, we can't guarantee space in the in the room. You can always come to NetApp Insight and come see some more HCI stuff. So I'm guessing we're going to have a little bit of that there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, these absolutely. are sneak previews of the HCI stuff. What's the this, real stuff's coming what's in. What's this Insight you speak of? Um, well, uh, it's this place where you go and you do lots of work and and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just based on – so I part of my role as the VMware tech – lead for the show um, is that I have to, to uh, I, I pair companies, customers with the executives based on what they want to talk about and then the tech team. And I could tell you right now that I've never seen a volume of meetings come in um, like this for any product. So HCI is is going to be front and center uh, with what we're doing. The attendance is at, for the sessions is actually really really good for this early usually people you know the ones that really want to get in early start filling out their schedules the people like myself who i'm going to attend sessions i'm just going to probably start doing that next week and getting my schedule all booked out so um it's uh you know sign up sooner the the sooner the better because otherwise uh, you know we can't guarantee we have a finite number of meeting slots we have a finite number of seats in the sessions and so um it's it's a red hot topic so, Chris, I also heard that uh, we, we might be losing control of our booth for a little bit. On uh, I can uh, neither uh, confirm or, nor deny that. But I will say that we will have uh, uh, the code on. Uh, the pub will be making an appearance in uh, one of our demo stations. And so you can come and talk to Josh Atwell or Andrew Sullivan or uh, Aubrey, uh, and you can have some conversations about how to automate, orchestrate, and uh, DevOpsify. DevOpsify your, your, your enterprise, right? If you wanted to check out more information about FlexPod SF, you can go to episode 94 of the podcast. Or uh, if you want to check out the HCI information, episode 89. If you can't get into the sessions, that's a suitable substitute for the session is the HCI podcast, if I do say so myself. Anyway. Sounds good. So what else are we doing at VMworld? Uh, what are we doing there? Anything else? Got some demos. We're going to have yeah. a little Mr. Cortez is working on. Uh, what are you working on over there, Cortez? So that's a giant coffee. That is a coffee, right? That's not like liquor. It's a kid size. What are you talking about? It oh, is yeah, coffee. Sure is. It is coffee. Double mochaccino frappuccino. Nah, just drink a coffee. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we have frappuccino. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, we have a, a bunch of demos regarding the the, uh, the new version of VSC. Um, just, just showcasing all, all the the new magic that it has, um, and uh, also the uh, Snap Center um, integration with VMware. That, that's a new, new thing that we have now. We're going to showcase it. So are you bringing Sphinx along, or are you just doing this solo? Uh, solo. That's good. You don't need Sphinx anyway. He's dead weight. <laughs> He's not dead weight. <laughs> no, Sphinx is cool. We have him here yeah. all the time. All right, so um, VSC7, you mentioned that. So what sort of magic is in this new product? So, uh, Fairy dust? Yes, yes. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors now. Um, 
so for for one thing, before it was uh, three individual pieces that you would have to install, and on three individual servers to make the ecosystem work. So if you had uh, you wanted the Vasa provider, you wanted uh, the virtual storage console, or you were using the uh, uh, the storage replication adapter with SRM. Then those are three separate things you had installed, trying to make them work together, et cetera. And sometimes it didn't work so well. What we uh, do, did now in, in the new version is unify them. So we have now one one appliance that uh, uh, we, we provide. It's Linux-based, uh, and we deploy via OVF. And um, it has all three of them installed, ready to go. You can um, turn them on individually. You can configure them individually. But they're all now packaged in one little nice little bundle. So my, my first question is, what, what's the research requirements for that virtual machine? Because I know historically people have had uh, concerns about those separate appliances and, and the amount of CPU and RAM that we would ask for. Um, they, since we moved to, the, to a Linux environment, they actually went down. Um, so the, the instead of having the three individual, like you have like, um, two, like minimum, was, was it two CPU, uh, eight gig of RAM or something like that per virtual machine, you need three of them. Now it's more pared down to having just two, two, uh, two CPUs and eight gig of RAM for the, for the total appliance. Very cool. So not only do you no longer need Windows, which is a license saying Yes, you save a bit, yeah. You also can uh, cut at least by, what, half if not two-thirds the resource requirements on that virtual machine. Correct. And, and if you have bigger environments, that, 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 that helps us also. I mean, you just give it more, more resources uh, to that one VM and you know you can scale scale up or scale down. So if you're in the, in the lab environment, you can go as you know smaller. But if you actually are, are doing a lot more more VMs, then you can you know give it more more horsepower. So stupid user question here, and it's going to be probably an obvious answer. But if I'm setting up a virtual storage console VM, do I want to do that in the same environment that I'm trying to manage, or do I want to have a separate environment? I mean, what if that VM goes down and I can't manage my environment? How do I handle all that? No, it it would it would it won't cause problems. Actually, now having having the, the, this on um, as a Linux appliance, this will give us uh, a future improvements to um, introduce HA. It, that's kind of robot feature that that's coming that's coming soon, where we will have uh, specifically for the Vasa provider, where if you're using VVOLs, um, it's very important to have the the HA features. So we'll be able to 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 scale that. Yeah, so I think it's important to point out right that. So it's one appliance with three features. So virtual storage console, which is sort of the focal point for doing storage management. I'm sure Steve has many, many more things to talk about when it comes to VSC 7 and what's inside of there. Um, so if that's unavailable, right, really the only thing that you lose there is the ability um, to have in the native, in the integrated uh, vSphere console, right, that entry point or that viewpoint into your NetApp empire. Yeah, but you still can use vSphere fault tolerance and vSphere HA Absolutely. to be able to protect the the appliance and uh, its functions. And so most of it's out of band, like you know Stephen said, with the uh, the ability to uh, to protect the VOS provider. Um, you know, you still can. Uh, you know, the virtual machines will still run, but bringing powering on and powering off the virtual machines requires the VOS provider for VVOLs. And so, what we're doing in in a future version is we're uh, making we're leveraging the VASA high high availability so that the uh, you know it, it will redirect to a, a standby server um, eventually, right? So um, it's not you know <clears throat> if you can tolerate the vSphere HA fail over times, um, then you know if you do have a host go down, what have you, uh, it will just restart on another VM, another host. 
And if, if the SRA is unavailable, it doesn't trigger. So if you wouldn't have normal updates, right? This nightmare updates for the SRM side of the house. And of course, if there were a disaster, um, well, no, you could, you would trigger from trigger from the destination. Yeah. The destination. So that wouldn't affect. So yeah, I, I have, you know, a lot of organizations deploy a separate management cluster that they have all of that stuff in perfectly acceptable. A lot of organizations don't also perfectly acceptable, right? Um, uh, acknowledging the slight risks that do exist. Cool. Good to know. So a uh, friendly reminder, we are qual- we have qualified VVOLs 1.0 for not- ONTAP 9.1 and later. Absolutely. Um, so just so you want, in case you wanted to use VVOLs and then the goodness of VSC 7.0, uh, it's there. So what else is in VSC 7.0? Um, well, um, we have two two new things that, that, that are, are um, available to the to the VSC console. Uh, as soon as you log in, you'll you'll see a brand new performance dashboard, where you'll see different metrics on on IOS being used, um, your your storage consumptions. There there um, you can uh, drill down into lists of what your most um, uh, busy uh, busy IO VM most uh, storage consumed VM. Um, you can also um, have a, we have a reporting feature now where we'll see um, data store and virtual machine usage, which we can then pull into uh, CSV reports. I can't tell you how excited it makes me that there's finally performance dashboards in Virtual Storage Console. I think this has been the number one feature request for like five plus years. Can we do anything with those? Can we do QoS or any management from there, or is it all just monitoring? Right now it's been monitoring. Right now you say? Yes. Hmm. Uh, what else do we have? Performance dashboards? We have anything else that's good? Um, that's that's the uh, the main things that are new. Mm-hmm. We have uh, actually one big thing that's that's uh, different that that we removed um, from the traditional VSE, uh, which is backup and recovery. Uh, that's the, the the big one. Uh, traditionally, you know, it, it ran you know all in one product on the VSE, and that was great. But uh, it was very limited to scale because of the way it was built it, it was it didn't have a real database behind it it was a flat file xml file that held all your information for the metadata what could go wrong with that well, nothing you know you just bug you know, can get corrupted you lose everything or you know it's too slow to index you know just just, just back up your file man <laughs> well um you know we had this this awesome product on, on, uh, available to us which is snap center that does this natively it does a great job about it it has a database backend and it's it's scalable and everything is great so made sense for us to move that portion from the the, the vsc to an actual backup and recovery product that we have yep so snap center 3.0 podcast episode 98 if you're interested in that andrew did you have something to say i, I was going to ask chris what what was the original backup and recovery plugin called the one that was written in Perl and, so and executed as a separate script it actually before it was anything it was uh, <clears throat> there was a couple utilities the navi util and navi clone I believe which were Perl executables um, that ran and so those were the the starting of the um, and this is this that, is like 2008 2009 this is 2008 days. Yeah. yeah it was it was one of those things that uh you know that we had just discovered that that engineering had been using this this uh 
um, internal code to create virtual machines uh, pre-deduplicated, right? So metadata copy only. And we said, well, heck, we should be able to use that for cloning things like virtual machines. And one of our, our, our former uh, TME colleagues um, decided that he would write a the script because I had been tasked with creating a, a 10,000 seat reference architecture to, uh, and I'm like, well, I can't, you know, this is before the days of PowerShell or super early days. Um, and, you know, I just didn't have the means to be able to do this through an automated method, right? So uh, he then created the, the this capability uh, for a, a mere mortal, as Sully would say, to uh, create tens of thousands of virtual machines. And uh, later that was followed on by uh, a, a utility um, that was created for backup and recovery, which was called Vibe, which was Virtualization Infrastructure Backup Engine. And that was written by, again, a, a former colleague of, of, uh, of ours. Uh, he was actually a, a, in professional services, um, and he, uh, he wrote this tool to solve the need of, of having an orchestrated uh, backup engine for VMware. And so we've basically then taken it and and, and created uh, the the Snap uh, you know Snap Manager for Virtual Infrastructure SMVI, uh, which was the next uh, iteration of the tool, and you know kind of in in the 2010 2011 timeframe rolled this into a, a plugin. Uh, I actually remember I want to say it was VMworld 2009 uh, where where one of our colleagues had created a, a web front end to, uh, to this. And uh, we actually demoed this capability at VMworld. And uh, it was one of those, it was a, you know, more of a proof of concept, if, if nothing else, that uh, when, we, when we saw it, it was, uh, uh, there was a couple of managers in, in, within NetApp that were um, a bit leery about us, per, you know, producing this and, and creating this, uh, because it wasn't an official product, but it really did show that the the advanced capabilities that nobody in the industry had. And so, you know, now that cloning has become, um, you know, kind of more table stakes for for storage arrays, um, you know, it's not it, it's something that we are continuing to invest in in new features and and uh, things that are are unique to NetApp. Um, remember that demo as a customer. Yeah. So we went from Vibe to SMVI to Backup and Recovery plugin, and yep. now we've taken it back out of VSC itself and brought it or moved the functionality over to SnapCenter. Absolutely. Which, as Steve mentioned, right, was really a, a scalability play, right, where we're going from this XML file that tracked metadata into uh, this thing called a database. <laughs> I guess it's a new thing. I don't know. Um, so... I, I know we've had John Spinks, right, the, the Snap Center TME, TME on the podcast a number of times, right? Scalability inside of there is well beyond, I think, anything that, that we uh, want to or should be concerned about. Well, it, it's, it's that and its features, right? I mean, the, the Virtual Storage Council was a great tool for VMware admins to be able to take backups of, their, uh, of data stores, right? But when you're really talking about enterprise-level backup and recovery, you you have to concern yourself with way beyond just the data store. You have to worry about, you know, what is the data that's in there, right? And how do you interact with that? And so you have to back that up as well as the data store, right? So um, it's it's the the whole concept of, of Snap Center, right? I mean, and I'll probably 
get shot for using this term, but it's the snap manager of snap managers, right? It allows us to be able to uh, not only do the data store stuff, but also do the applications that live within a virtual environment. So that's really where the the whole um, vision is, is that it, that SMVI and, and backup and recovery, while it met a specific need, it didn't extend to uh, what companies actually really need, right? So this wraps it all into a, a UI that the VMware admin can can interact with, as well as the backup uh, backup and DR uh, groups. So backup and recovery is it, it's changing, but it's definitely changing for the better. Um, so that was definitely for once. I was the one who took us off on a on a rabbit hole there, Justin. So you're off the hook this time. So VSC seven, we introduced scalable right. Snap Center integrated backup and recovery. We introduced performance dashboards, which I think are fantastic. Um, but we also kept a bunch of stuff, which has also had its own improvements, right? Incremental improvements in functionality. Uh, so, Mr. Cortez, can you can you elaborate on any of those things? In particular, one of the ones that I always liked is using the provisioning wizard, right? The provisioning tools inside of VSC. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so um, the uh, uh, the Provisioning stuff is always there, and, 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 and it continues to follow NetApp's best practices. We have, the obviously, the, the, the host and storage-based monitoring tools that are available to us via the VSC. Um, one thing that we updated is the um, the host-recommended settings for um, ESX 6.5. So um, now, now we, you know, for the, for, you know going, going forward, we'll have all, all the latest and greatest recommended settings. And that alone um, saves customers a lot of uh, um, troubleshooting tickets because um, it sets the values to the correct correct things that, that, that we need to have to make make the, the storage run correctly so um, if nothing else um, that's that's a, a, an option that we that the customers should run um, to make sure that that their that their systems are running at, at the best recommended settings so that we don't have to troubleshoot that any further yeah I would say that it's actually um, they're recommended settings. They're not required settings. And so, um, what the difference is is that um, you know during a, a let's say a, 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 an HA event, right? It will perform in such a way, um, and it will perform better with our recommended settings, right? One of the things that we set is you know queue depths, right? We want to make sure that we optimize the queue depths for the different platforms, right? Certain platforms behave better with larger QDEPs, AFF, for example. Um, so it's not a requirement, but it's something that's highly recommended to make sure that your environment is resilient and performs uh, optimally. That is all. I expected more of that. It just it was you were going and going. I know. I could keep, I could continue to go. That was a very that was very abrupt. Yeah. But like Steven said, it keeps you out of the support center. And if you don't, if you, you know, if you do nothing else with it, right, just using it for setting those values is, you know, at a minimum what we would recommend, right? So I, I did see that there was an update to the ONTAP best practices. There was, and uh, that uh, that TR uh, went out a couple months, like a month or month and a half ago, and that does contain, I don't know, I think it's a page and a half of, of things that we set in the VSC that uh, you would otherwise have to go through and, and either script or what have you, and they're all the advanced properties um, within vCenter. 
And yeah. I, I will also say, since I'm no longer responsible for VMware, VMware best practices, please send Steve and Chris all of your feedback on those on that documentation. There's actually a, a link in the back of the TR <laughs> that will. <laughs> thanks, yeah, Ali. It's a contact yeah. us link. <laughs> uh, there's a contact us link, and so that one uh, will get sent uh, to the to the authors, and uh, they will review it and and make updates as required. Yeah, I, I say that because the the VMware best practices TRs are always consistently the most popular, the most downloaded coming off of all of our various mechanisms and all of our forums. So there, I, I know that they're hugely popular. I hope that they're beneficial to everybody. Um, but I know that these guys also work really hard in order to make sure that that information is good and useful. Yeah. And at the very least, I mean, if you set those values, it's going to at least eliminate that hoop you have to jump through if you have to call into support. Because I'll tell you what happens. They, you call in and you get that first guy and he says, well, did you apply these settings? <laughs> <laughs> and it may or may not fix your problem, but that is going to be something you're going to have to do so they can move the case forward. So go ahead and get that done first and get that out of the way. Uh, we've tested these settings. We've made sure they work in, in environments. So just just do that, please. So, yeah. Not, be- not, recommenda- not requirements, but definitely recommendations for sure. All right, so VSC 7.0 sounds pretty great. We got new backup capabilities. We got some uh, performance graphs and lots of other goodness in there. Uh, what about the Vasa provider? Uh, anything changing there? It's now in an appliance. Yeah, that's that, that's the big change. That it's, it's an appliance now. Single okay. appliance, yeah. So what's the, what's the benefit of doing that versus how we've been doing it? Well, so in the architecturally, when we look at uh, having three separate appliances, um, the ability for us to, you know, the Vasa and VSC and SRA were all separate. They all had their own ways of doing things, right? So what we did was we unified and are using a single database to store all the information across all three tools so that now it will give us a better platform to develop on in the future as a single appliance. And so uh, I think that's really, you know, it's one of those things that is, um, it's net, it's a NetApp internal thing that um, we can now, uh, you know, uh, leverage for other things that the customers may not see as a benefit today. But definitely in the future, it's going to give us um, a lot more capabilities um, to not have to, for example, provide credentials to three different tools, right? We can use a single tool to do that. Or if you did want to, you could use multiple different credential sets for, you know, because you have different defined roles within your organization. So um, it, it, it does give us some, uh, some capabilities to be able to develop on in the future. So essentially, we've simplified the deployment with OVFs. We've combined the three platforms into one, so that simplifies management. And we've also increased the performance on all that as well. So that sounds pretty good. I mean, I, I, can, I can live with that personally. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, on the, on the surface, it looks like uh, I, we just polished the UI but but uh, you said you polished it. Yes, we polished the UI underneath the covers. A lot of work has got has gone through to to give us a, a future proof uh, environment so that we could implement a lot of these um, capabilities that we're talking about. Since we have now have a unified location for for everything, or instead of storing um, credentials three different ways, we have one, one one way to do it. Then from that from there we can expand it to making the, the appliance clusterable and, 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 you know, be able to scale, you know, as large, as large as you want it. So we talked about Virtual Storage Console and its improved backup and capability, backup and restore capabilities. We talked about Virtual Storage, excuse me, the VASA provider, and it's now consolidated single appliance, simplified management interface. 
Uh, so the third leg of this proverbial stool is the storage replication adapter, right? which is the hook into VMware's Site Recovery Manager, aka SRM. Uh, so what's what's changed with SRA 7? Uh, well, the, again, the installation and configuration has been simplified since we now have it as a as a unified appliance. Uh, being that it's an appliance, we, we have the, the ability to scale it better. Um, we have no dependency on on the VAS provider. Before, you it had to be, you know, since now they're all together, we're good to go. Um, we support link mode, uh, v, uh, VMware link mode support, and we have multi-tenancy support. SRA 7 is uh, a bit of a leap in versioning numbers. Actually, I guess uh, it's a leap in versioning numbers for the VASA provider as well. Um, only, only virtual storage console, it seems to be progressing. But at the same time, I also know that um, the, the, most of the time we were recommending a specific version of SRA, or historically we've been recommending specific versions. So can, can you give us a little bit of background, a little bit of update on that? Sure. Um, traditionally, we, we were recommending to, to, to utilize the, the, the 2.0 version. It was the uh, um, most stable at the time. But the, uh, the new version, the SRA 7, includes um, all the patches and, and fixes that we had um, in the 4.0 release are now uh, rolled up and with the additional enhancements for uh, the, the, the scalability and the configuration ease are now built, built on to uh, SRA 7. Gotcha. So more or less our recommendation is now for everybody, right, instead of... So uh, let me rephrase that, right? Historically, the recommendation was 2.x with specific exceptions for this is why you want to use 3.0 or 4.0. Correct. Uh, our updated, now that we've released 7.0, SRA 7, is everybody use 7, right? Correct. And then it also, is for, for the, it's future-proof, right? So um, all the new versions of, of uh, VM, VMware are supported. Gotcha. So uh, aside from this whole simplification and, and unification side of things, right, SRA 7, is there any new features and improvements, right? I, I remember back in my VMware days, right, everybody was asking about things like, do we support uh, version flexible snap mirror? Do we support uh, snap mirror, snap vaults, unified targets, et cetera? Has, has that changed? Yeah, so yes, we we do. As of 4.0, we actually started supporting uh, versions flexible SnapMirror, and so really what that is is you know for for customers that are doing replication today uh, or prior, it was you always had to make sure your destination was at the same version or higher than the source. And so now uh, we move to a, a different backup engine that allows you to be able to replicate uh, between different versions, uh, higher or lower, um, on uh, you know within the same um uh, with with for different versions of ONTAP, so um, much more uh, flexible, as the title suggests, um, version independent, version flexible SnapMirror, um, and so that is now something that VSC seven supports. So with the SRA in in four we actually released a couple features. Um, the the ability for you to do uh, extended data protection, where you have the ability to, to vault and snap mirror to different sort uh, to different destinations uh, within the SRA, right? So you can't do the cascaded snap mirror uh, relationship, but you can go to multiple destinations. Some being vaults, some being um, uh, snap mirror destinations. Uh, Multi tenancy, as, as Stephen said. Um, that was a capability that we introduced in in the 4.0 release that is also carried on um, 
into uh, the 7.0 release. Um, and so those are really the, the big things that uh, we introduced in, in prior versions that are still in 7 and are actually, um, I, I believe we've, we've improved the scalability significantly um, and, and done a, a couple bug fixes here and there, uh, but really the, about the same that in the 4.0 uh, offering. All right, so we've talked about Vasa. We've talked about Virtual Storage Console. We've talked about SRA, right? All new, all, well, they're, they're not all new. They're all updated. They're all unified into a single appliance now, which is just fantastic work. Um, I can't say how much that that really makes things awesome to me. Uh, so VMworlds, right? VMworlds is, well, from the date that we released this version of the podcast or this particular podcast will be a little over a week away. Uh, so I know that we'll have a pretty significant presence at VMworld, as we always do. Uh, the three of us, myself, Mr. Cortez, and Mr. Gebhardt, will all be there, along with Mr. Sizemore. He will be there representing FlexPod. I think that'll be the first time I've seen Glenn in person in the better part of six months. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's like, yeah, it just didn't, at all. Even you know, He works here, and we don't, we don't see him because he's head down doing good stuff. Yeah, and he typically records with us remotely. So I see him on a, on a video screen occasionally. But uh, so, yeah, I'll be in the booth. I am, uh, you know, just working in the booth, giving demos, talking about DevOps, talking about VMware integration, talking about SolidFire, ONTAP, all of those other things. I know everybody has their own uh, different sets of, of specialities. Um, there's a number of demos in there. Mr. Gephardt, any demos you'd like to highlight? Yeah, so Mr. Cortez has been working uh, for months now, actually, on, on getting a lab-on-demand experience ready for VMworld. So come by the booth, and you can... Uh, Steve will show you uh, the VSC7, um, all of its capabilities, the dashboards and such. Um, yeah, we have uh, a whole slew of demos. We have, I think, we had 62 the last time I counted uh, that were that that our staff could could do um, live demos, and we have videos and recordings and and such. And so um, we've got experts from almost every business unit and product in our portfolio uh, that will be at the show. So um, come and find me, come and find Sully, um, and we can make sure that we direct you to uh, the right expert to handle those questions. Um, VIP meetings, make sure you bring your questions you know, loaded, locked and loaded so that uh, we can utilize that short period of time uh, very effectively. Um, and yeah, Look forward to it. Yeah, I always like to point out that we do make a very deliberate point of staffing engineers, right? The the people who are literally working on this stuff or the TMEs, right? The the super smart people at NetApp who are doing these things, yeah. my, myself and yourself excluded. You know, a lot, a lot of companies bring their sales force because uh, the SE community, because they have a, a technical background uh, and they usually have quite a bit of breath. And we've taken a, a different approach in that we bring the guys that are writing the papers um, that are doing the, the lab work, that are um, the, the true experts, the ones that are um, – able to, to go deep into each of these individual technologies. Um, we also bring some developers, too. So we've got uh, the guys that wrote the Virtual Storage Console, the Snap Center integrations and such. So, uh, and then some technical directors that are, are, are 
you know, providing the vision for where our products and, and our portfolio is going. So um, we bring the heavy hitters, and uh, and I think that's a, a, a definite advantage for us that um, we can solve your – hopefully try to solve your questions uh, and problems that you're having um, or help you, you know, challenge, you know, take on the next challenge within your organization um, to be able to design your next generation architecture. Yeah, and that, that was where I was going with that is, you know, please don't don't just save those hard questions for a VIP meeting. Come to the booth, right? Because if you walk up to somebody in the booth, they're probably going to be able to answer your question. And if not, then there should be somebody within arm's reach that can answer your question. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, sounds like VMworld is going to be a great amount of fun. I will not be there because I am not one of the smart people. Um, so if we want to get in touch with you, if we're at VMworld or any other time, Chris Gephardt, again, how do we reach you? So you can reach me on on uh, email via cgeb at netapp.com uh, or via the Twitterverse at, uh, at Chris Geb. Okay, and Stephen Cortez? Uh, I can be reached via email stephen.cortez at netapp.com or on Twitter at uh, MSC Productions. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontetpodcast.com. If you'd like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Chris Gebhardt and Stephen Cortez for joining us this week. Thanks for listening. Have fun at VMworld, guys. Thanks. You get to go to Vegas like yeah. multiple times this year. Isn't that exciting? I'm looking forward to it moving back no. to San Francisco in the future. Yes. If it does, you never know. They might like Vegas so much and all that cheap, cheap rental space. So, <laughs> yeah, But yeah, we get to be in Mandalay Bay twice in, what, five weeks? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can never get too much of Vegas is what I say. The best thing about leaving Vegas, uh, best thing about Vegas is leaving Vegas. Yes, I agree. Plus, you get to go in August. That's fantastic.